first off, why isn't this something that's taught in schools? I definitely wasn't taught about my cervical fluid. Um, definitely wasn't talked about the position of my cervix. Definitely wasn't talked about how I could take my temperature. Instead, they just want to talk to me about abstinence. But that doesn't educate me on my body. These are all things that I had to go out of my way to figure out on my own. Hello and welcome back to The Fostered. I'm your host, Angel Foster. And today we have a part two because this episode did so well, like literally our highest performing episode. And we've had clips go viral from, viral from this episode. Maybe not viral, but they've done really well. Part so we two, to, baby. We had to bring her back. Robin part two. Renee. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't even wait for me to finish the introduction. <laughs> How are you doing, Robin? I am lovely. I'm so excited to be here again. We had to have you back. I mean... People, I think, really love the conversation, mainly because I just think it's so necessary that we are, like, talking about this. Like, people want to know their options around what they can do, like, in, like, a holistic way with birth control. But mm -hmm. we're not getting into that this episode. If you're wanting to know all about how you can get off birth control, yeah, we talk about it all in episode titled Getting Off Birth Control with Robin Ray, which is a few episodes back. So, yeah, definitely check that out if you haven't listened to that first like i would definitely listen to that first and then come into this one so we talked all things birth control like getting off birth control last time but i feel like the natural follow-up to that is all things menstruation all things menstruation i mean that's definitely what i've been dealing with i've been trying to sync my period to like my lifestyle now which has been such a trending topic in social media which is so cool to see so many people talking about it but yeah. i still feel really confused because so many people are talking about it i just wanted to use you as a resource personally <laughs> to know like how to best i guess optimize my menstrual cycle like so right now i'm act i'm in during the i'm bleeding and i know that there's things i can be eating and certain ways i should be working out during this time so yeah i would just love some insight on what you would like to share so for those of you who don't remember or didn't listen to the first podcast, um, I am a pre and post. Oh, my gosh. Specialist. I didn't introduce you, Robin. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, just got into the episode. Yes. Robin, please introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm a pre and post fitness specialist and a women's holistic health coach. And so from what I was just hearing, um, what you're personally seeking is like just to knowing like, what is there to like eat on your menstrual cycle? What else did you say? And like fitness. So we could jump fitness. into fitness first. Okay, like, so we did a workout this first. morning. I worked out with Robin and I did a HIIT workout, but I know that's probably not the most ideal thing to be doing on the first day of your period. So everybody's body is different. I like to always use that as a disclaimer before I say anything. Okay. Because what I might say works for my body or what I say like I've learned works for other people's body might not necessarily be true for every single body. And I mean, we're all just, there's so many people on the planet. So um, I find that most people feel really good on day one of their period, mm -hmm. especially because usually like a week or two before your period, I don't know if anybody else has experienced like the moodiness. Why am I crying? I have no idea why I'm crying. Yeah, um, I was literally crying last night. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. We'll see the, all the PMSs um, and things that can come with a period. But usually day one of your period, you're feeling a whole lot better. I still personally wouldn't recommend anybody work out day one of their period just because it's like, you know, your body is actively shedding mm -hmm. the layers of the uterus out of your body. Is that too graphic? No, let's um, go there. <laughs> so I think day one is really good to just like relax, rejuvenate, 
focus on like self-care is yeah. a beautiful d- way to spend that day if you can i know some people have a hard time getting off work but like as low-key as you can get i think it's the best uh way to experience day one but i mean shoot day two day three day four and you're feeling good why not go for your hit workouts um but yeah i definitely think that very first day is one that is meant for relaxation and recovery just because your body is shedding um the beautiful thing about the menstrual cycle is you can really take it on like your life like every month it's like you're shedding the old and you're creating you're like brand new and you're in a whole new you to create so that first day is like just just be and go from there it's just my personal thoughts of that that's such a beautiful way to think about the period especially because i feel like I mean, I know I definitely was, like, so conditioned to view it as, like, this really gross thing. Like, I remember my dad, like, taking me to go, or, like, I went to go buy tampons, and he was just, like, he just seemed so grossed out by the whole thing, and he was, like, a nurse. And so I felt, like, a lot of shame around my period, and just hearing the way you just spoke about it now and, like, how I'm hearing more people speak about it feels like this nice reclamation of that part of our bodies and, like, that part of our lives. Like, it's something that happens every month and it's not something we should be ashamed of. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think our periods are so sacred. Um, legit, back in the day, you used to have tribes of women on their period and they would all, you know, gather together and be in their own, like, menstrual community where they just shedded. And it was like, it's a beautiful thing. Like, our bodies create life and it's created based off of this entire menstrual cycle. So, like, I don't know. I, I think it's sacred stuff. Like, it grows a human being and it can grow other stuff too. I heard somebody say, I don't want to say that I've tried this. I've tried it. Um, <laughs> but apparently, you know, that if you use, if you dilute menstrual blood with water and you throw it on your plant, apparently it really grows. And really? my plant have, has been doing pretty good. Um, but you know, that might be what? Team, no, I did team not. too much for some people. I did not but, know that. Yeah, period blood has a lot of like growth stimulation in it. Um, so, hey, it works for human life. It can also work for plant life. Um, but, yeah, I, I think our menstrual cycle is amazing. That's so interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, so I know we're speaking of, like, the actual period, but I wanted to talk about some of the other phases, too, and ways we can optimize there as well. But let's first, I guess, just say all the phases of the period, menstrual cycle for those who may not know. Yeah, so there's four phases of the menstrual cycle. Phase number one is the actual period, the actual bleeding, which could last anywhere between like, well, an ideal period of time is anywhere between like three to seven days. And then after your period, after you bleed, you find yourself in the follicular phase. Um, You're feeling really good in this phase just because like ovulation's about to start. Um, Ovulation happens, which is about like one to two days where the egg drops and you can you know, attract new life, depending on if you have any visitors in the Mm -hmm. vaginal canal (laughs) waiting for that egg to drop. But then after the ovulation phase, you have the luteal phase, and that's more of like starting to wind you down, um, getting ready for the next menstrual cycle. Usually in the luteal phase is when people start to experience like PMS and things like that. Um, Yeah. That's so interesting. Something, I don't know if you're well-versed in this, but something I've also been seeing people say like, the week leading up to their period they experience like pmdd have you heard of this pre-menstrual depression disorder i think so something along those lines yeah and they've just been saying like they literally feel the worst they've ever felt and i experienced some of this and i didn't know like there was a name for it at all and i'm like oh it's because my period is about to come on but i'm like thinking i'm just having these crazy feelings and these like crazy ideations that i hadn't 
I just didn't, I don't know if I have that, but I think it's been nice hearing people talk about that because like I didn't even know that was a thing. It's definitely a thing. Definitely don't want to discredit it. Uh, I think a lot of the symptoms that um, that women experience during the menstrual cycle, like the hormone fluctuations, the pain that's so debilitating that you can't even go to work, um, feeling queasy, um, things like that. Uh, I think all of those things are definitely issues that get overlooked just because, oh, it's your, it's your menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. That happens to everybody. And that doesn't necessarily mean like that is ideal or that you can't do anything about that. Yeah. If anybody's experiencing PMDD or if we are asserting that that stands for premenstrual depression disorder, I definitely recommend that you seek somebody and have resources to talk to somebody, even if that talking to somebody is like a girlfriend before you want to speak to a professional. But we find that like a lot of times with just like lifestyle changes and nutritional changes, um, a lot of the symptoms that we consider normal um, don't necessarily have to be that way. Do you have any recommendations? Like I know like I'm on my period right now. So like I know people say like eat a lot of like um, dark leafy greens during this time to like help keep the iron up. Um, and then I know like carrots are a big thing like during ovulation, but beyond that, like that's mainly what I've just picked up from TikTok. So, well, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious about like what foods you naturally feel drawn to. Like right now, you're on your period. Mm -hmm. So, what are some foods that you right now are like feeling naturally drawn to? I mean, nothing's coming to mind right now. But I did really enjoy my smoothie that I had this morning, and that had like a nice greens powder. I don't know. I feel like when I'm like first starting my period, like I don't actually feel that hungry. Like I, just, I feel like going without food is actually easier during this time, like fasting, which probably isn't like the best. But um, I don't know. I just feel like I don't normally get that hungry on my actual period. It's like normally the week before that I'm like craving a lot of things. Craving a lot of things. Okay. In this time, like say you have your period, where is like your mood during your period? Are you feeling extremely rejuvenated, like you just want to take on the world? Or are you feeling more like cozy, like I want to stay in and I want to just, you know, maybe watch a movie? Like where where are you on that scale? Yeah, well, I mean, this is the second podcast I'm recording today, so I definitely feel really like, let's do a lot of things today. <laughs> and the full moons in Aries, which I know is like a... Um, hey. Like it's like a huge force behind that and like wanting to like create and be feel powerful. And so I definitely feel not as like cozy, but definitely like I want to create and share and like get work done well I definitely feel like if you're like the foods that you're drawn to are leafy greens go for the leafy greens okay um if you're feeling like you want to take on the world take on the world because like that is more of like your intuition um personally like with the work that I do I don't I'm not the person to be like oh you should do this this and this I'm more of a space of like you know your body better than I ever will because like I don't live in your body um so you have every, all the information that works for you is in you. And I'm really good at just being like a guide to get what works for you out of you. Does that communicate? It's hard for me to know like what my body's like actually craving. And I know like that's my own work of like trying to go deeper there. Um, and I think it's hard too, cause like I've had such a weird relationship with food for so, for so long and it's really created like a lot of distrust in my body. And so that's why like intuitive eating is really hard for me because I've just denied myself for so long. And I think when you do that, you really shut off that part of yourself. That's like letting you know, like what your body needs. And so I'm still in a space of like trying to allow that to come through, but I wouldn't say like, I know what I'm craving. 
And I feel like that's extremely common just because like, especially for years, we've been told like, oh, you got to go to a doctor to figure out what's wrong with you. Or Mm -hmm. you like, you have to seek out outside help to figure out what's going on with you. When in reality, you probably have a good idea what's going on with you. Like, I remember I just recently went to the doctor because I had a stuffy nose. I wasn't feeling good. I was like, oh, I probably had the flu. I took a COVID test. It was negative. It's probably the flu. I go to the doctor's office. They test me for mono. They test me for COVID. They test me for influenza. They test me for a whole ton of things just to tell me, oh, yeah, you have the flu. Mm. Oh, thank you. You knew it all. Uh, And I feel like when it comes to like. Wait, did you just have the flu? Uh, like weeks ago. Okay. I'm like, wait, what? Did you have the flu? <laughs> <laughs> this was weeks ago. Okay. I'm um, I can understand, and it's extremely understandable when people are like, or when you're in that space of like, I really don't know, like, what my body's craving, what's good, like, what's working for me, what's not working for me. I mean, that's a, first off an amazing place to be because like you can legit figure like you're in the space of discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, okay what if I tried this this week or what if I did this this week? Like normally I think on a period or on a menstrual cycle or when you're bleeding, actually bleeding, like some nice warm soups, teas, um, healing I did things. have a nice dirty chai earlier you today. You did have a nice that, dirty chai earlier. That was, I was craving that. I started to be like, I wanted to order something else, but then I was like, I got my dirty chai and I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like something that's extremely like, comforting and soothing to the body okay um especially because like we are about to go on this whole like you know follicular follicular phase um going up towards ovulation you're gonna feel sexier happier Mm -hmm. like more spontaneous to do things um but that first day first like one to three days like really just you know allowing being manifesting like uh, reflection is a really good time in the bleeding when you're bleeding and follicular like after bleeding leading up to ovulation is more like you know that's when you're energized plan meetings um do the hit classes do something you've never done before try something new ovulation woo you know you're at that peak of the, all that energy and then luteal phase starting to wind back down and as i mentioned earlier it is a phase where you start experiencing pms symptoms so um maybe feeling more a little bit more withdrawn but once again going with how you feel because usually um I don't know. Is anything that what I'm saying to you resonating with you? So it is. I talked about this a little bit in my last episode because I got I got the natural cycles app d- thanks to your advice. Hey. And it was saying like I was in my ovulation phase, but I wasn't feeling any of the feelings like the glow that they say you feel. And I'm wondering if it's my birth control and like still me like weaning off of those hormones that has my hormones like feeling like I'm not feeling like super like lined up with everything just yet. And so that even has me thinking, like, because, like, my period right now has been so weird. Like, I've been spotting in a way that I never spotted before. And so I'm just still, I'm, I feel like I'm in this process of rediscovery with my body um, post-birth control, too. Because I'm just not feeling the feelings yet in the, in the way I think, like, it feels like things are out of order, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that normal? I think so. Especially because, like, with natural cycles, it doesn't know you yet. Yeah. That app. Um, it's making a bunch of educated guesses. So it doesn't really know if you ovulated unless, have you been taking your temperature every morning? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. As you know, I've been trying to figure out the Apple Watch temperature. (laughs) (laughs) I got the new Apple Watch and it's supposed to take your temperature, but it has not given me my temperature yet. So 
yeah i have this thermometer and with the natural cycles app you're supposed to take your temperature every morning um and i've been not doing that because i'm like my watch is supposed to be doing that for me but i just need to actually take the temperature. yeah because that's the way the app is going to get to learn you okay and let you know like oh legit like you did just ovulate versus like oh educated guess we think you might have ovulated today mm-hmm. um which by the way ovulation is the highlight of our entire cycle um even if you have no desire to get pregnant, really our bodies every month are like, let's do this thing. Um, and so every month it's prepping for that moment in time. Um, so the highlight is ovulation. And depending on when you ovulate, everything else is kind of flowing off that energy. Okay. That's really good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to keep discovering and like figuring it out. I just feel like things are, I just feel like kind of like a new person, like coming off of this birth control. And in a lot of ways, I feel good, but then in a lot of ways, I also feel confused. I'm just like, what is this body? Like, who is this person? Like, I don't really know her yet, but we are learning. Tracking is a really good first start. Okay. Even if you're not taking your temperatures, just notating, like, when is day one of your period, Mm -hmm. the symptoms that you're feeling around your period, um, and then notating the end of your period and notating once again the first day of the next cycle okay so the first day of bleeding spotting doesn't count days before but the first day of like an actual bleed is day one of your menstrual cycle okay um so just notating like oh how many days was it between day one and the next day of my menstrual cycle and just simply like knowing those days is really interesting um because the luteal phase is usually about like nine to eleven days so you can start adding puzzle pieces in there but you really won't know any of that Unless you're taking the temperature. Okay. If you want to get into tracking, tracking, there are like three ways your body just naturally um, informs you that ovulation is here. And that is through your basal body temperature. Um, I use the aura ring to track mine because it's super easy that way. Uh, My aura ring tracks my temperature every morning and I can just throw that into the natural cycles app. Um, It's through cervical mucus. Hey, y'all ever notice the mucus that comes out of your vagina? That's good. That has a lot of information on where you are in your cycle and even just the positioning of your cervix. So, for example, when your temperature, like temperature leading up to ovulation, the day you ovulate, your temperature drops. And the day after that, your temperature just shoots straight, straight up. Um, that's how I'm able to find out, like in my app, like, oh, I ovulated probably on the 25th because I noticed my temperature was a little bit lower. But then, dang, plus 0.6 the very next day. Um, so. Being able to track your temperature like that is very helpful for you to just be able to see. And then also your cervical mucus, um, if it's white, if it's clear and it looks like the consistency of um, egg white and it's stretchy and sticky, like that is ovulation cervical mucus. Like, hey, we're ready for this. Um, sex also feels the best that way. I was going to say, I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar with the sticky. Um, and then also um, the positioning of your cervix. The lower your cervix is sitting, um, that's a really good sign that like, hey, we're about to ovulate. This egg is dropped. This egg is ready to get fertilized. Um, and those are like three ways your body kind of signals to you. Now, this is a very like brief overview of mm-hmm. that process. Um, but those are like three ways your body can signal to you. All that happens at once. Like, ooh, um, temperature shot up. My cervical mucus is that egg white consistency. It's clear. Um, and my cervix is sitting pretty low. I mean, if you're trying to get pregnant, what a great day. If you're not trying to get pregnant, don't have sex. That's um, so good. I love this information. I'm just like so grateful to be getting this right now. Or use a condom. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I love the Natural Cycles app, too. Not Like, they're not sponsoring this video, but, like, they tell you exactly what days to be using a condom on. And yeah. I love that. And that you can also add your partner to it. So I added my boyfriend to it so, like, he can see. What? Like, Mm-hmm. You, I didn't know I could add a partner. Yes, you can add a partner. How many people can you add up? I don't know how many people. Probably however many you want. And they can see your stuff? Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can see my stuff, right, Montez? Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, like, even, like, I don't have to be, like, I'm, like, he can, like, we can learn about this together. Like, I think if you're having sex with whoever, like, they should also be knowing, like, what's going on, especially if you're not wanting to be on birth control. Like, you don't. I think it'd be a lot to just put that responsibility only on you. Like, I want him to know these are the days we should be using a condom on so I don't have to be like, hey, can you use a condom? You know, like, I think it informs both of us and it makes us both feel really empowered. I 100% agree. Like, if you can enroll your partner in what you're doing for your birth control um, or your new form of birth control, I think it has a higher chance of success if you allow your partner to have some type of like responsibility over that too, yeah. because it's not like just a you thing. It's like an us thing. We're doing this together. Um, and I think that can really create like a buy-in for your partner to like want to do this method too. Yeah. Especially if your man is like, uh, or not your man, especially if your partner is a cis man, like there's just so much like they weren't taught and like we weren't taught. Like right before we recorded this, Robin asked my boyfriend, um, how long is the period part of the menstrual, cy- menstrual cycle? And he said 14 days. <laughs> and there was this a TikTok going around of like women asking men that. And they were like, some men said a month, like some men, <laughs> like they just don't know. And I think it's up to us to share that information so like we can learn together and like they can be more informed too i mean if you don't want to share that information then like that's cool but i think it could be a really cool opportunity to to invite your partner in and like so we can all learn because like they just weren't taught about a lot of this i mean I'm, i'm still learning a lot too my only thought is, thank God I'm not pleading for 14 days. Right. <laughs> I could not imagine if it was 14 days. <laughs> What'd you say, Montez? <laughs> he's like, I he, changed it, I he's swear. He changed it to eight. <laughs> and to be honest, like, just to be fair to him, like, there were months where I was, like, bleeding for 14 days or, how, like, for extremely long times on that birth control. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he probably isn't too far off (laughs) with saying that because on the birth control i was on i was definitely bleeding for a long time like it was kind of wild did you get any blood work done while you were on your um you have the implant arm implant Mm -hmm. right i got some done in december but did they say what did you see anything that was out of out of range that was abnormal no everything was good everything came back good okay good but that's also i think like i'm actually interested in going to um parsley health are you familiar with them yeah yeah because they do more in-depth testing and i'm like i feel like just regular doctors they just don't they're do more it. functional medicine yeah and that's why i want that i'm like i need to know what's really going on because I, I still don't feel that great i felt the same way when i went to a general practitioner and i was telling them about my hormones i'm like can we check my hormones i need to know yeah um just because of just some things that were happening with my health and like the normal range i was in normal range but there's still like an ideal range and the breakdown can be with sometimes is that like just because it's normal mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's ideal. Yeah. Um, so 
that's can, it can kind of get tricky when you go to your doctor and you're asking them about like oh like check my blood work and they're like everything seems normal okay great normal but what about ideal like are we are we ideal right is there room for improvement if so let a girl know <laughs> and that's why i don't <laughs> i feel like i'm plugging so many things right now um but parsley health they check you like every they do blood testing like five times a year or something like that and so i feel like that is a great way to know like what is actually working because you're getting work done so often it is expensive and i'm definitely trying to figure out like how i can <laughs> work it in but i thought they took insurance so they may take insurance they like you have but it's like on you to follow up with your insurance mm. and like try to get them like i think i may be able to get my blood work covered but like there still is like a monthly membership kind of thing yeah there which is. sucks because I'm just like, why does everything that's like really good for you have to be so expensive? Yeah. It annoys me to to no end. But anyway, I wanted to ask though, how do you like live your life according to your period? Oh, or your menstrual cycle? Yeah. I usually lay pretty low on my menstrual cycle or no, I usually lay pretty low on my period. Okay. So when I'm bleeding, I'm not doing anything too crazy. Maybe some strength training day two, three. Um, But after I bleed, is usually when I do, I find that I'm pretty active in the gym. Um, a lot of HIIT workouts, things like that. Is HIIT your preferred workout method? Honestly, my preferred workout method is resistance training. Okay. So I'm a fan of lifting heavy. Ovulation, same idea. You're running, you're whatever kind of sports you do. Um, and then for me, like luteal phase is when I see that I lean more towards yoga okay. and more stretching. Um maybe like a vinyasa class, something like that. You got me hip to Pilates. Maybe I'll start introducing that I'm into my luteal phase. Yes. <laughs> but then the whole cycle again, as soon as menstruation starts, is when I usually kind of like cool it a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. There has been um, studies shown that you could actually do the majority of your workouts during your follicular, follicular phase when you have more of the energy and actually do like you can burn more calories and have build more muscle gain in your um, follicular phase than you do in your luteal phase because the luteal phase it is such like a calming time like progesterone's up, um, estrogen not as high things like that. So no, that's been what's been so interesting to me. Like people have been getting crazy results with their workouts by just like doing them with their period phases or uh, menstrual cycle, and I'm like that makes so much sense. And I know people like I mean me. And so many other people will work out consistently and just not see any results or just not know what, like, they're doing wrong. And it's like, here, it just feels like hope to just know, like, you could just sync it up with your menstrual cycle and get these crazy-ass results. Yeah, I think more of what you're talking to is more so about, like, hormones. And the thing that's really cool about a menstrual cycle is that they're calling it, like, the fifth vital sign. Because, like, your period, like, with the moments you're actually bleeding or your cycle can give you so much information mm-hmm. about what's going on on the inside. Um, an ideal day to be bleeding is, like, three to seven days. Anything less than, like, two days should be fine, but definitely anything less than two is too short okay. for bleeding. Anything, like, eight days or more is too long. Um, and these are ways, like, oh, well, okay, if my period, if I'm only bleeding, like, one day out of the month two maybe we should look into that or i'm bleeding eight days i should probably go to my doctor and see like how my hormones are going yeah um so the period can give you so much information if you have a scantier light period information um if you're bleeding extremely heavy if you're 
doing more than I think it's 16 ounces this is just off the top of my head of blood um per month then that's kind of a lot um maybe you should talk to somebody about that if you're having a super heavy flow if you're having pain that's so painful that you can't even go out throughout the day like two Tylenols if you're still experiencing pain that's not intolerable after two Tylenols maybe you should go talk to somebody about that um so there's so much information that the period, the menstrual cycle in general, as I mentioned before, that ovulation is really the highlight. We like to focus on the bleeding, but like you could have a, it's not even considered a period. It's called an anovulatory period uh, or menstrual cycle when you don't ovulate. And if you're not ovulating, something's going on because your body, once again, it's number one goal, even if it's not our personal goal, is to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So if we're not ovulating, there's something going on. And it could be just so many things with our hormones that might be out of whack that can be keeping us from like getting to our fitness goals, which is, I think, a beautiful reason why, like paying attention to our menstrual cycles, um, paying attention to when we bleed, paying attention to like, did we ovulate? The only way you're actually going to know if you're ovulating throughout the month is if you're taking your temperature or if you're getting an ultrasound every day. But that doesn't really sound feasible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or the wanna... tips you shared earlier. Yeah, the, the tips. I sh exactly. Um so these are things that can like be assigned to you like, oh, are things going, going the way they should? Like, is my body like a healthy menstrual cycle is one that can impregnate you? Mm -hmm. um, not ideal every, every time of the month, but um, that is something that should be aimed for if you're looking for like a healthy um, menstrual cycle. How long is, how long do I bleed? How much do I bleed? Um, did I ovulate this month? How long is my luteal phase? Did I have a shorter luteal phase? Because that could say things too. Really? And these are all things that like, if we're tracking it through our basal body temperature, you can track it with your cervical mucus and the positioning of your cervix. These are all things that you can find out and all information that you can share with your uh, practitioner, OBGYN, whoever. Um, well, not necessarily whoever, but you know what I mean doctors who have a little bit of information can guide you to the next doctor i mean your general practitioner can send you to an endocrinologist if they see something like serious is going on but i mean like menstrual issues such as pcos can get discovered just based off of what your period's telling you endometriosis things just off of what your period's telling you maybe even just a blood dis disorder um just based off of what your fifth vital sign your menstrual cycle could be letting you know just based off of a shorter or longer heavier or lighter all of the above it's been so amazing to me how people have been healing a lot of these things just by like living according to their menstrual cycle like a lot of people have found great success with like pcos by just like eating according to their menstrual cycle or whatever and i'm, I'm just like i i feel like there's a lot of hope because I, I don't want to have to take a bunch of pills. I don't want to have to see a bunch of doctors. Look, one, it's so expensive. And so, like, the fact that there's, like, holistic ways that we can really um, heal ourselves is, like, so beautiful to me. And just by, like, tracking our periods and, like, I don't know, it, it, it allows us to get really curious about ourselves, too. And just tap into that introspection in a whole other way. I, I'm just, I'm, like, so amazed by it all. Yeah. I am, too. I think... The female anatomy is just insanely awesome. I mean, I know we're not talking about babies or whatever, but that's kind of like how I got my footing in the door. And I just think it's insane. Like our bodies just know how to do that. Yeah. It just knows. Um, like it's not like we had to research it or train our bodies how to create human life. Um, but, you know, it just has its whole process 
of how that works and you know even if you're not pregnant how that has its own process Mm -hmm. um and things like that i think the female body is insane no i think it's so dope that we're going back to like more natural ways and like like i'm sure people have been tracking their periods and doing all this like this all feels like very ancient wisdom that's just like reintroducing itself back into society Mm -hmm. but i feel like people i mean even what you were saying like how people come together and like bleed together it just feels like there's a lot more community around this all now because people are like less scared to talk about it and like i i feel empowered to talk about my period and my menstrual cycle and i'm happy to like talk about it with other people and like seeing other people get informed feels really cool um i am so done with our menstrual cycle being taboo yeah um because you know like you said like there are for so long the menstrual cycle has been considered dirty nasty disgusting um i bet you when i was saying about the thing with the plants somebody on this somebody oh you know somebody's gonna be like (laughs) what she said what um so but no like this is a beautiful thing yeah you know what's interesting when you said that sorry when you said that i was like i wonder if i can put it in my hair like to help my hair grow (laughs) that's what i was thinking i actually have heard of people using it as a face mask well, is it, do you know what a PPR, PPP, what is it called? It's this facial where they take blood and then they just put it back in your face. Really? Yeah, not period blood, but it's just, just, blood, in general? just blood from your arm. So interesting. And they put it in your face and like something about the blood helps um, collagen production or something like that. So I'm like, I've never does, heard of I think that. it's called a PRP. I don't know. I saw Gwyneth Paltrow get it on Netflix. Oh. So this doesn't feel too far off. So I'm not surprised <laughs> if people, I feel like people will do anything to look young and I'll definitely do anything for my edges. So I'm like, if I need hey. to put my period blood in my edges, I will do that. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, there's probably somebody listening to this and be like, ew. Um, yeah. And those aren't our people. That's fine. That's fine. It's but cool. Come back for the next one. It's like, <laughs> let's let's get rid of this stigma that like our periods are disgusting, gross, can't be talked about. Or if you're talking about it, it has to be in private. Yeah. Um, no, like the more we talk about it, the more that we know, the more educated we are. Um, it's as if like, first off, why isn't this something that's taught in schools? Yeah. I definitely wasn't taught about my cervical fluid. Um, definitely wasn't talked about the position of my cervix. Definitely wasn't talked about how I could take my temperature. Um, Instead, they just want to talk to me about abstinence. But that doesn't educate me on my body. Mm-mm. These are all things that I had to go out of my way to figure out on my own. It's like, <laughs> you want us to be ignorant. So um, I think there's such magic to our bodies and what we can do and how we can stay safe and create, like, you know, make more informed decisions for our own bodies, knowing these kinds of things. That feels like a good place to maybe wrap up. Okay. This was so much fun. I'm yes. so glad I was on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a segment where I ask people, what are they fostering in their lives currently? So I'd love to know, what are you fostering? What am I fostering? I am fostering, mm, I'm fostering something global. Mm. I'm fostering um, something that will make, just be a ripple effect for women of color. Because I feel like, this information of like the female anatomy or menstrual cycles and what are menstrual, the fifth vital sign, things that we were just talking about on this podcast. And I feel like um, the information I was learning about in regards to like prenatal fitness, postpartum fitness, and um, how can we come back stronger than we were before um, baby or yes, stronger than we were before. Like I feel like the women who really need it don't necessarily have the access to it. 
And I want to be able to make sure that that information spreads far and wide. Oh, That's what I I'm am fostering. right there with you. Yeah. As listeners may know, I'm taking a Pilates teacher training soon. Hey. And that's literally my whole message behind that. Like, I just want to make Pilates more accessible and just make all this stuff more accessible to people who can't afford it. Because, like, I feel like they're the people who need it the most. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. That's part of your message. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, d- you're doing such beautiful work. Like, you offered a free workout class this morning that me and my partner both took. And it was just so beautiful to, like, see you doing what you do so well. And, like, I mean, honestly, you kicked our ass with that workout, but it was so great. <laughs> and, yeah, I just can't wait to see, like, what you do next. Oh, I'm excited for you to join yes. me. Thank you for being on the pod again. <laughs> yeah, super glad to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've listened this far, please like, subscribe, give it five stars, give us a review, all the things you're supposed to do for the podcast you want to support. It means so much, truly. And if you want to find Robin, you can find her at Robin, R-O-B-I-N-N-R-E-N. E E E because somebody else has Robert because somebody has my name. <laughs> it's fine though, and then that will be linked in the show notes for sure. You can also book a connection call with Robin if you want to get more information. I strongly suggest that y'all do it. I'm actually about to start taking some fitness classes with Robin because the workout we did today was so so good. I was like, you know what? I need this in my life on a more regular basis. Hey. So we're gonna be doing some sessions and yeah it's gonna be great but yeah i thank you guys so much for listening and i'll talk to you in the next one bye bye